0: Money FM 89.3. Best of the breakfast huddle. Why it matters on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's the Breakfast Huddle, Elliot Danka, Barty Juctish, and Ryan Huang with you. Let's talk about the healthcare sector and worldwide, it's probably seen the biggest lessons over the last two years or so, with a lot of it being faced with a situation where they've never encountered before. We're of course talking about COVID-19.
1: Yes, and the importance of collaboration between nations and key stakeholders within the ecosystem is obviously now a priority more than ever before. As part of EVIT, Technology's commitment to support ASEAN's public health care system, it has formally launched the EVID Knowledge Hub. This is a community platform that aims to engage and connect key stakeholders. We're talking here about policymakers, health authorities, researchers, academia, NGOs, industry experts, all in the public health care sector.
0: Well, the hub also hopes to promote the use of science and technology in transforming public health policy making, ensuring that the region's well prepared in the face of emerging. Pen- Pandemics. Let's find out more about their latest commitment. On the line is Ming Jie, Chief Executive Officer for EVIT Technology. MJ, good morning. How are you? Good morning, good morning. Thanks for having me. Thanks a lot for speaking with us. So we understand it's a healthcare AI and big data company. The idea, mission is to transform healthcare using data intelligence. How does that work, MJ? I mean, data intelligence transforming healthcare. Tell us more about Evit.
2: Hi, okay, great. Yeah, so we are a healthcare technology startup based in Singapore and Brunei and aims to shape safer, better, more accessible healthcare for all through data intelligence. As to your question, you know, how we view, your know, data intelligence. I think if we look at technology evolution over the past, you know, few decades, you know, it's one where data increasingly is being accumulated and having the technologies to store, to store those data, to use those data at scale. And right now it's about how do we utilize that data, right? And in healthcare, you know, science is important. Right. So that's why, you know, for us we work very closely with the research community to leverage those data, to drive insights out of that data, to deliver measurable outcomes for the healthcare industry.
1: The thing is, MJ, even before COVID-19, this was a very, very complex ecosystem, yes? I'm sure you would agree. And now it's it might have become even more complex with greater and more urgent needs. Tell us more about how you're dealing with this complexity, how we can utilize data, what sort of data, and to do so more effectively going forward in this complex environment.
2: Okay. Yeah, I think for if we look at you know healthcare itself, I think it's very broad. There are many you know sectors, subsectors within healthcare itself. For healthcare AI, big data is not new, right? So you know we have companies before uh, that look at different aspects of you know driving healthcare intelligence. If we look at in the life sciences space, you know there's drug discovery. There's also you know how to better enhance clinical practices, diagnosis. And I think one area where we haven't before this COVID-19, where you know, not a lot of attention has been paid to, is in the area of public health. And I think that's also because if you look at funding into public health, as we look at research into public health, that hasn't really been a key focus. And you know, when COVID hit before this, actually, our focus has really, has hasn't really been in the area of public health. And when COVID hit, I think quickly. You know, we quickly come to the realization that one of the key issues with public health is having timely accurate information which then will help policymakers to make more precise targeted decisions uh, and that's where we quickly repurpose our infrastructure to enable that and i think the thing about public health if we look at the type of data that we leverage it's actually, frankly, not as complex as some of the other use cases that we were trying to deal with and we continue to try to deal with. And that helps to gain trust in the sense that, you know, this what we are trying to optimise are very precise, very targeted. It's easier to sort of measure the outcomes. And I think with then this COVID-19 situation, it drives that awareness and willingness to accept data, intelligence in the area of healthcare
0: and a different area of healthcare. Mm. Just to take a step back a little bit, I believe EVIT Knowledge Hub by EVIT Technology recently held this special ministerial conference for ASEAN Digital Public Health. Now, the theme is quite interesting. Collaborate for a happier and healthier world post-pandemic. Interesting use of the word happier there. It was held on the 6th and 7th of October. MJ, what can you tell us about this conference? Why the need and what was the Aim ultimately mm.
2: what happier and healthier I think mm. we've been in this pandemic for no more than a year and what quickly you are know, coming to realization is life food is as important as life right how do we strike that balance where people can go on with their daily life to strike that dynamic situation and mm. the balance Yes, and the, the motivation behind this conference is really to bring different stakeholders together, right? to share ideas, to knowledge, uh, to network, knowledge transfer, And that's also, you know, back to our fundamental belief that for public health and more broadly in healthcare, there needs to be better collaboration and coordination between the different stakeholders. There needs to be interest alignment that ultimately would benefit the patients, you know, the general population. So that's the the, the motivation and intention behind the conference.
1: Mm. The thing is, MJ, I understand there were over 50 speakers from across the ASEAN region and internationally as well. And this included higher ups such as ministers of health, finance and economy, as well as others such as public health officials, researchers, industry experts and even financiers. The issue really is that, you know, it's a, it's a huge region. Technology penetration and technology use is uneven across the region. Considering the disparities, how can you operationalize your solutions?
2: Yes, I think one thing that constantly came out during the conference is, you know, no, no one is safe until everyone is safe. Right? So I think to, to address this issue, we really have to look at it more holistically looking at the different roles that the different you know the roles that different stakeholders play. And as a result, in this conference we also bring uh, you know, not just people from the healthcare industry, but also people from the econs, finance industry, the public sector, the private sector. I think all has a role to play. And, and for us we believe that you know technology will allow us to do things more efficiently at scale, right? The same dollar that we put in, how do we actually use that dollar to generate better impact, you know, bigger impact, better outcomes. And one of the things that, you know, we've been trying to sort of look at or been looking at is how do we have a infrastructure or common infrastructure that we can actually scale investments across the region. And that's one of the reasons why our motivation behind why we are, you know, working with the Brunei Ministry of Health together with the RCR EOC, Emergency Operations Centre Network to develop a rumour surveillance platform. And so it's one platform that can be shared across the different member states for them for the purpose of early detection, early warning of emerging threats, emerging emergencies. And so I think that's one example where you know how can we pull resources together to develop a platform that's scalable and can be shared uh, by different member states. And then, of course, there are the other funding mechanisms that we have to look at Right for each of the individual countries, individual nations to protect, to safeguard themselves. Because if they are not safe, then the whole region uh, will not be safe.
1: One of the other issues in connection with this, MJ, is the digital divide and inclusive public health care, leaving no one behind, of course, in the digital age requires not just reaching vulnerable populations, but also people and population groups that may not be digitally literate. And I'm sure education is a big part of public health policy in every country. So any solutions or thoughts on this issue and how this can be mitigated going forward?
2: Yes yeah, so I think for the digital technology, it also comes at different levels. I think first, what you know we've been trying to do is actually at the policy making level, having uh, you know the technology infrastructure to consolidate the information, data for them to make quick decisions. And then we talk at the individual level, you know access to digital technology, Admittedly I think you know there's that uneven uh, distribution you know across population, especially in this region. And the the way I see it is there has to be a sort of a hybrid approach, right? So there are things to be done at the community level where you know for communities where access to digital tools is not as high as convenient, you know, versus other segments, you know, that needs to be you know, physical community presence for these people to get to get help, to get access. And in Brunei, where you know, we've actually you know worked with the Brunei MOH for their public health infrastructure, for you know we launched the Blue Health app for the general population. But they always continue to have this segment of population, you know, mostly the elderly population where they do not have access to all these you know digital tools. I think the the, the key that for us is you know for the segments that do has assess how do we actually use technology to reduce the resource intensity for this group of people and so that we can allocate the other resources to the other segments that actually do not access, do not have access to all these digital technologies.
0: Mm. Ming-Jie, you know, just listening to to all your answers there, I'm quite curious about the collaboration in ASEAN. What kind of conversation is going on right now in terms of the next big crisis? You know, th- people call it like a uh, next crisis X or something like that. What kind of conversations mm. or what parts of those conversations could you share with us?
2: So I think a lot. We, we are not directly yet involved in a lot of these co- conversations. But yes, but a lot of what we are involved in with the Ministry of Health in Brunei, also talking to some of their ca- counterparts. I know two things that they are focusing on. One is how do we transition ourselves from pandemic, sort of zero COVID to a more endemic you know, environment, where it's really about you know, living with COVID. Right, and mm. then under the environment, how do we coordinate among the different member states and the thing about ASEAN is actually ASEAN is very porous. And you know, the trade activities within the countries, how do we, how do we grow the economy yet at the same time manage uh, the situation, you know, safeguard that And one thing that before the second wave, before Delta that we've been working with, you know, ASEAN working with the Brunei Ministry of Health. Uh, how do we actually have a better surveillance mechanism right. so that, you know, when there's diseases, there's outbreaks that emerge in one member state, the other countries get informed very quickly right, so that they can actually adjust their policies, uh, make plans more proactively.
1: Now, MJ, maybe you could illustrate all of this for us with an example. I mean, going forward, what would be the key relevant data markers and how can all of these be used to shape better policies and outcomes across the board?
2: Mm. Okay, I think there are two ways I would look at it. One is within the country, right? So within the country, you know, the data assessed and all these things can be deeper uh, and the purposes would be broader as well, you know, from surveillance to response, To management or implementations or operations, right? And, but if we are looking at ASEAN as a whole, I think one thing, you know, one one thing that was raised at the conference as well as everybody is aware, everybody know, recognize that, you know, sharing of information uh, is important, it's critical and conducive for that coordination, right? But then it's not easy, right? Most people share what they want to share and not really what they want, what they really need to share to deliver that impact or outcome. And the key is to identify what is that minimum data set that's required, you know, to share or it's important to share. For us, you know, an example of how we are trying to pursue this is, you know, to start with data that's actually less sensitive, you know, more public in nature. Right. So then that brings me back to the surveillance, the rumor surveillance platform again, which is really to scrape, you know, local media, social media, as well as, you know, the, you know, state media local press, newspapers, or, you know, emerging discussions, mentions of things that may actually point to emerging diseases, right? But what we are trying to do then is, you know, not just a platform that, you know, gather all this public information to show to all member states. We also want a validation or validating mechanism where this information are surfaced to the officials of each of the member states and for them to validate this information. And once it's validated, it's shared amongst the member states. So that's one way. You know, we start with something you know less sensitive, easier to pursue. And once people start to see the value of sharing that information, then hopefully you know we can expand you know these sort of type of data that is being shared to drive that incremental value.
0: All right. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Uh, really highlights the importance to strengthen intra-regional collaboration and encourage knowledge sharing as well as we deal with COVID-19 and prepare for the future. Tra Ming Jie, Chief Executive Officer for EVIT Technology on the line with us. Ming Jie, really appreciate your time. You take care and stay safe. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app.